This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Knicks falling at home today, 121 to 100, uh, courtesy of the Dallas Mavericks this morning. I mean, I'm not a soccer guy at all, but I was very devastated when I watched the U.S. Uh, lose in the World Cup, 3-1 to falling to the Netherlands. The, 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 the second goal... I believe it was uh, Denzel Dumfries who who scored right before the you know the halftime uh, interval, and it, that was that was just a, a sleeper because it felt like the U.S. had been you know had some momentum, some control. There was a couple of shots on goal, and and they just couldn't get it done. But that that goal scored right before the halfway mark was devastating. So a crushing loss. Meanwhile, the Netherlands got an unbeaten streak that hits 19 games. What 14, 0, and five draws. So they'll play the winner of Argentina and Australia. Uh, Yankees still waiting to hear on the sweepstakes, Aaron Judge. So we'll talk about that as well. And the biggest story last night, of course, was Jacob DeGrom. So before we get to that, let me uh, take Artie in Brooklyn. What's up, Artie? He wants to react to the next loss. Hey, Ty. Thanks for taking the call, bud. I wanted course, to ask man. you, if they, they if there was rumors that the Knicks reason for not getting Donovan Mitchell was, number one, the word about playing defense with him and Brunson uh, together in the backcourt. But more importantly, they wanted to, they were so high on Grimes, and they were asking for a whole bunch of number one picks and R.J. Barry, right? Yeah. Number one, would if they made the trade, would Nick fans feel better about, even though the record would they feel better about the team and then take their, you know, staying for the coach, I guess, because right now Tibbs is getting – how do you go from, like, a guy that coach of the year to, like, not being able to coach? Maybe yeah. they're not listening to him. I think it's more that R.J. Barrett got signed for big money and he's not he's not that player. He's, yeah, he's, like been a, said, he is, he's been a massive disappointment. Like, you were – the worst case scenario. Who did they go to, Brunson? Yeah, the the already. I appreciate your call. Like, I think Nick fans would feel better about having a star because you just look around the conference and the teams that you potentially have to go up against in pursuit of being a a, a contender. They all have at least one star. Celtics have two stars. The Bucks have one megastar who might be the best player in basketball. The Cavs now have their star in Donovan Mitchell. The Hawks have their star in Trey Young and then just added to Jonte Murray. Uh, the Nets have uh, two stars. The Sixers have, I guess, one star with Embiid, but uh, Harden, before he got hurt, actually started started looking like the old James Harden. You know, Miami Heat's got a star. So it, it's up and down the conference it's riddled with stars, and you don't have any to go up against those guys. Like, when Giannis is going off, what's your counter? What's your counter? Like, last night, a bad a, a, a Lakers team that I root for that through the first quarter of the season has been pretty awful had a counter for Giannis, and, and his name is Anthony Davis, who put up 44. That that was their counter for Giannis Antetokounmpo, who put up 40. When... You don't have an answer for the opposing team's star because sometimes, like, the game is sophisticated, but it, it, it can be simplified. Late in games, fi- final four minutes, we got star against star. We need you to get it done. Who's getting the ball for the Knicks? 
And RJ Barrett, it's been a massive disappointment because, like, I kept saying for years now, I've been saying, like, number three overall pick in the draft behind Zion and John Morant, and we see how those two players have performed. And Zion, it, it we judge it a little bit differently just because you know he's been played by injuries, but when he when he has played, and this year we see, you know, he's he's been incredible. John Morant obviously is is a star in this league. But when you're taking number three overall in the in the draft, I think the worst case scenario has to be perennial all star. Like when this is your fi- your foundational piece, like we need you. The worst case scenario to be perennial all star. Best case, obviously, we're hoping you become one of the seven best players in the league. And we just haven't seen any of that. We have not seen any of that. Marvin in the Bronx wants to talk. What's up, Marvin? It's- First of all, I'm proud of you. Very proud of you. I right? appreciate you, man. I feel like I'm going to live the witness of a great career. And I know I'm projecting the future. One day when you're inducted into the whole broadcast wow. Hall of Fame, I said, I knew I'm winning. Wow. I appreciate I, that, man. I appreciate you. First of all, I'm very proud of you. First of all, how's the family? And Family's I want to wish doing, you a happy holiday before I get started. The thing doing, that you just hit on what I... well, man. And I wish the same to you. The thing, the thing that I'm... You just hit on the point I'm making. We just don't have a star. Madison Square Garden is supposed to be the mecca, you know. And and I watched Knicks games, and when I saw Donovan uh, Donovan Mitchell about three weeks ago bomb the Knicks out of out of his building, I said, "Why didn't we get this guy? Didn't they see this?" And I understand, you know, see hindsight is twenty twenty, but. Man, I mean, that that's something to live with. When I saw that game and saw the way he played against the Knicks and thinking about this guy could have actually been playing in Madison Square Garden. But you made an excellent point when you said that we just don't have a star, point blank. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to, Marvin. I appreciate the call and, and the kind words. You just At some point, we just got to be faced with it's a harsh reality that we may we might have overrated and overprojected what we thought R.J. Barrett could become. By the way, mentioned uh, Team USA falling to the Netherlands. Uh, Argent- Argentina just beat Australia. So it is going to be the Netherlands versus Argentina in the quarterfinals. So just wanted to quickly update you on that uh, since we started at the top of the hour with this. Now on to the match. Look, I-, I am all for, as a Yankee fan, because it's funny, and it's fun in games when you share a town with – you know, another team, you get to have fun. Like, that's how rivalries are created. It's it's fun. It, it's entertaining. It's not to be taken seriously. Uh, and, of course, you get emotional when it's your team on the losing end of being made fun of. But it's all fun again. I was at the game this year, Yankees-Mets in City Field, where, where Starter Marte hit that walk-off right after, I believe it was Gleyber Torres, who had tied the game on a home run. And Starling Marte hits the walk-off. I'm, I'm standing next to my friend who's a Met fan. He's making fun of me. I'm leaving the stadium. It was the most depressing feeling I could remember leaving a game. It's all fun and games. We have fun. We go back and forth. I cannot do that right now. I, I cannot sit here with a straight face and blame the Mets for, quote-unquote, losing out on Jacob deGrom. I just can't do it. It's... Like at this point, is Degrom at age thirty-four worth five years, one hundred and eighty-five million dollars? Uh, the same Degrom who in his last two seasons made twenty-six starts. Again, having fun at the Mets' expense, getting jokes off about their misfortunes. I take joy in it sometimes, and I'm sure a, a ton of Yankee fans do. But 
When it is time to be fair, we have to be fair. This feels like the Mets dodged a bullet. And I, I'm not going to say it's a win because I don't think you can classify it as a win when you lose your best pitcher and a guy when he's healthy is the best in the sport. That just feels a little crazy to me. But part of me does feel like the Rangers being so reckless and giving him this contract has has spared the Mets of criticism. And the fan base, for at least from what I can tell, is more outraged at DeGrom for daring to leave than they are at you know Steve Cohen for not doling out this contract. Because that that is irresponsible to me from Texas. Five years, $185 million, and he's got a, a club option, a club option for year six that could take it to what, I believe two twenty two. That's that's a bad contract. That is not one that I feel like is going to age well because you just look at the history of Jacob deGrom and he's becoming injury prone. And and on what planet does a guy get older and become healthier? That just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. So it, it, like the story yesterday is that you know DeGrom didn't even give the the Mets a, a chance to counteroffer. So I I mean I'm I'm questioning why that's the case. Like why did they not get a chance? To, to submit a counter offer. Not that they would have gone this far, but you would think that the relationship was good enough where DeGrom and his camp could come back and say, you know, here's what uh, the, the Rangers are offering. Do you have a counter to that? But as far as the Mets are concerned, I, I, I think you dodged the bullet here. This this is a ludicrous, ludicrous contract. DeGrom last year threw two more innings than Edwin Diaz, the Mets' closer. The Rangers right now are banking on a reversal of fortunes in a massive way. That A guy who the last couple of years has been prone to injury is now going to age and get healthier. A guy who is a hard thrower is going to age and get healthier. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I just don't see it happening. I can't see it. Per John Heyman, uh, I, I saw today that the Mets had offered three years, $40 million per year, and possibly would have gone to a fourth year. But even then, would you have felt good about doing that? Would you have felt good about giving DeGrom that contract? If Jacob is healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But even then, a healthy Jacob DeGrom, is he worth five years, a buck eighty-five? Especially with how the sport has like gradually moved toward putting lesser value on starting pitching uh, when it comes to like the biggest games of the season, right? Like we get to the playoffs and these managers are thirsty to get starters out of games. And, and broadcasts are putting up the graphic. Here's how this player or here's how this pitcher performs first time through the order, second time through the order, third time through the order. They're itching to get them out of games. There's more of a reliance on going to that bullpen, going to the bullpen. You, you find any reason to get your starter out of games. These guys aren't being asked to go to distance. It, it, it's, it's becoming a much different game from that aspect. I just wonder how you could look at any pitcher and say that they're, they're worth that amount of money. And some of them are game changers, like DeGrom, who is a game changer when he's right. But he's going to make 30 starts, 31 starts. Assuming, uh, I'm not saying DeGrom, but a, 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 an ace, a healthy ace is going to make 30, 31, 32 starts a year. And then when you get to the playoffs, you're going to be itching to pull him out of the game. And you're committing that much money to him. I just don't get it.
I think the Mets dodged a bullet, and, and there should really be no criticism of them. But I do wonder how the Mets fans feel. 800-919-3776, where is your ire directed? How do you feel? Do you feel like they should have given him this contract? Is this uh, a situation where you feel like, you know, thanks but no thanks? Because uh, I, I, you look at his resume and what he meant for the Mets, you obviously feel salty, but the Rangers lost their minds. They lost their minds. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I was so annoyed with baseball because, like, they've got an off-season problem. Like, I, I just can't understand how that the World Series has been over for a month. We've got marquee free agents on the board, and we're getting nothing. Like, part of, to me, what drives a sport... Uh, as far as like enthusiasm, is the ability for the, the fan bases to get excited about movement during the off season? Like we see it a lot in the NBA. Uh, July July first, free agency opens, and Woj and it's like six o'clock Eastern when it opens, and Woj at six o one is tweeting about deals. Like that's exciting. The NFL, we saw how massive uh, the happenings were. This past offseason. That's exciting for the fans. Be, for, to have your sport relevant all year long and not just during the season. So I was so annoyed with baseball. For, we, we are not getting anything. Like Aaron Judge, like this should have been done already. Like I, I just don't understand why even last year when we were sold, you know what, because of the lockout, we're going to see moves you know, happen, you know, a flurry of moves. And, and it was just a snooze fest. So baseball's got an issue. But I was excited to see last night that we finally got a bit of news. Unfortunately for Met fans, it is that Jacob DeGrom is going elsewhere. Five years, a buck eighty-five. I mean, that that, that doesn't have the makings of a contract that's going to age well. But we shall see. 800-919-3776. We go to Bobby on the Upper West Side. What's up, Bobby? There. What up, hey, Bobby? man. Yeah, I just want to commend you. I think you're... you're uh... I love your show. I love your Thank thinking. You. I love your pre- and your presentation. Uh, uh, I really, uh, really enjoy listening to you. I appreciate that, Bobby. Uh, that means a lot, man. Thank you so much. It, it means a lot to me too to to find somebody that I really that I really uh, uh, really care about. Um, I just want to say something about money. I mean, huge sums of money in in in, in America today have be, are malignant. They've become a cancer. They have, they're ruining our democracy. They're ruining our government. They're ruining, and now they're, and they're ruining sports. As far as I'm concerned, these numbers, these numbers tie are they're they're obscene. And and when 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 uh, when the athletes and I'm all for talented people uh, making a good buck. No question about that. I'm a musician, so I I know about struggling and I know about. I know about um, making a uh, trying to make a buck out of your uh, out of your talents, but these numbers are obscene. They're they're ridiculous, and it's ruining sports. It's ruining the culture, uh, and it's not just baseball. Um, whatever happened to the spirit of of you know uh, uh, loyalty to a team, loyalty to a city, loyalty to some civic loyalty to a, to a culture? I mean, Ted Williams may be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, baseball player in history. Stayed in Boston. He didn't. He 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 could have made more money elsewhere. He didn't look to do it. 
and and uh, and 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 the list is amazing. Mickey Mantle. I mean, the the list of talented great players in baseball and in basketball too. I mean, uh, look what happens in basketball. Guys get together. They run. They run. They run themselves like a like a Wall Street like a Wall Street uh, uh, corporation. Listen, you know, Bobby. Yeah. No, I, I I understand where you're coming from, and, and I appreciate the call. I appreciate the kind words. I I just think so. You bring up loyalty, and it, it just reminded me of you know the Derek Jeter documentary where he says one thing about me: I'm very loyal. I'm very very loyal. But loyalty, one way, is stupidity. And if if the argument against Jacob Degrom, which is what I'm sure you're referencing here, is that he should have been more loyal to the Mets, then I'm sorry, man. I just got to disagree with that. If you're going to find someone who's going to be dumb enough to give you five years or $185 million when you've made 26 starts in your last two seasons, when you've been prone to injury and you're 34, getting older, and you're not going to get healthier, I, I, I think that's something you got to do. Like This isn't an anti-Jacob DeGrom stance. Like I think that... You know, all power to him. Congratulations to finding someone to give you that contract. Because there was some skepticism, and we heard all all of last season, even when he was hurt, he still plans on opting out. He still plans on opting out. And to his credit, he came back, pitched, and I, that was good enough for Texas to say, we've seen enough. You are worth $185 million over five years. So credit to him for doing that. I, I don't think that this is a matter of Jacob DeGrom not being loyal enough to the Met franchise they weren't willing to pay him the number he wanted and it's not just about what you're worth as far as you know the revenue is concerned and the amount of revenue these players and athletes generate for their for their respective leagues it's about what teams are willing to pay you and we found a team that was willing to pay him a boatload of money so congrats to him he's able to do that I I just I just wonder from the standpoint of like, does anyone expect Texas to be a contender? So DeGrom left the Mets, who, look, on paper, should be contending. They won 100 games this year. They're going to be a player in the NL East as long as they can keep this iteration of the group together. You just went from contending for championships to, I mean, is it really irrelevant? I, I'm sorry, because, like, what is the expectation for Texas? What's the expectation for them? Like, are, are, are we putting them in a conversation of going out there and, and really being a, a, a contender? Last year, they signed Corey Seager to that 10-year deal. Uh, they locked up Marcus Simeon for a, a seven-year deal. Uh, so they're, they're making a lot of splashy moves. It's just time to see the results come because the Rangers have, have been irrelevant. And DeGrom's going to go there, and you know, hopefully for them and, and that organization, he can stay healthy. But uh, what's the expectation level there? They finished. They, they lost 94 games this past season. And that's a division that, you know, the Astros, whether or not, it, it feels like whether or not they lose Justin Verlander, they're still going to be the favorites because they lose guys and just keep on winning. You got the Mariners in there who made the playoffs. So best case scenario, you're the third best team in your division going into next season. Uh, I, good luck. Congrats, though, because you, you got the money. So all power to you. I'm not going to rip the ground for that. Buddha in the Bronx. What's up? My guy, Buddha. Hey, what's going on, my brother? How you doing? Yo, I'm chilling, man. What's up with you? Hey, ain't nothing. Everything good. I was going to tell you, you know, how good you speak. You know, you speak very well. And 
your absolute credit, but I'm not going to go there. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. You guys are something else, man. They're showing love. (laughs) Come on. They're showing love to the homie. They they show more love than, than you do. How about that? Oh, stop it. That's that <laughs> California love. Just ask Park about that. Bro. <laughs> Listen, but, you know, I call you about the Knicks and the college football thing, but I just say this much about DeGrom. Um, like, real talk, you know, as a Sixers fan, if Joel Embiid walks into the offices tomorrow and says, Listen, I got to get out of here, as a fan, I'm not booing him. I'm not getting mad at him. Nothing. Because he's in the same situation as Jake DeGrom. You waste a person's prime. How many games did he pitch, gave up one run, and they lost the game? Yeah. I mean, the man's got to do what he's got to do, especially later on in his career in life. And, you know, the Mets weren't going to offer him that. It is what it is. I mean, I, I can't hold that against him. And like you said, with the Devil G or the loyalty, loyalty means what? You know what I'm saying? Let, let's be for real. Yeah. If you can't play anymore, is anybody loyal to you? Yeah, like so, it, it, you know. If if Judge this season, and I'll let you finish, like if Judge this past season, we know what he did. But if if midway through the year he tore his ACL and, and was done for the season, like would the Yankees have been loyal and and given him a massive contract? Of course not. So like loyalty works both ways, and and he chose to go to a team that was going to give him the money he wanted. So I'm not faulting him for that at all. I I, I think it's a, it's a mis- <laughs> it's a it's a it's a mistake by the Rangers to offer that. But for Durham, no, go get your money, bro. I mean, it's funny when you say judge, because let's be honest, is Brian Cashman being loyal to him when they keep putting out how much money they offered him and all that? That's dirty business right there, too. I mean, please. I don't be feeling sorry for none of these executives, these owners. I mean, please, give me a break. But, um, you know, look, now, with, with, with the Knicks, you know, listen, it is what it is. They, they made the same mistake again. So you, you, you saw Randall wasn't worth the big money. So what do you do? You compound that by giving R.J. Barrett a deal where you can't even move him anymore. So, you know, look, I, I'm sorry. If it was up to me, you know, Leon Rose and um, Tibbs, I, I'd have to let them go. You know, I keep Worldwide West in, in, in the mix, you know, for, for uh, what do you call it, diplomacy reasons. But they need to tear that thing down. You're not going anywhere. And the, the faster, I mean, not faster, the longer that you stay, at that, uh, what do you call that, that play-in wrong thing or whatever, is the more it's going to hurt you down the line. And, I mean, the tickets are always getting sold at the Garden. They're like the loyalist fans in the world. So you can't tell me that you're doing that because you want to keep the fans engaged. Because the whole thing, it, it just you know, at a certain point, and like I said, given the R.J. Barrett, that contract, now you've got two people with contracts that nobody wants. That, that was asinine. And, and it is what it is with them. But I'll just say this last thing real quick, my brother. I don't know if you watch college football, uh, you know, if you're into it that much. I mean, I'm Saturday, you know, I work, I came home, I'm watching this last quarter, this TCU and Kansas State game. And and, yeah. and I'm sorry. You know, I know it's not fair and all these different things that people like to say, but you know, I really don't want to see TCU in that Final Four. I'm sorry. I mean, they might, they might not be there. Alabama's 10 and 2. Yeah, they better not be. Alabama's 10 and 2 to me in that conference that they're playing is more impressive. And um, listen, I don't really need to turn on some game on New Year's and see somebody down 38 points. I mean, I know Bryce Young will keep Alabama in one of those games. I'm sorry. You know, best, best got to be the best. And the best not is not necessarily based on your record. 
you know, it's based on who you played against, man. I'm sorry, man. TCU, y'all blew it. Y'all shouldn't have lost that game. Sorry. Yeah, they, they blew it. And I appreciate the call, Buddha. And he's referring to, so this uh, Kansas State uh, TCU game came down to the wire in overtime. TCU lost 31-28, and now they're sitting at 12-1 and as, you know, K-State takes home the Big 12 title. And we're wondering if, if right now they were the three seed. But with that loss... Are they going to make the playoffs? So I, I, I think that, you know, obviously changes are coming to the college football play, uh, playoff format. But, look, all this controversy and conversation is good for the sport. Uh, it, it, it drives conversation. People get all excited about it. We know college sports fans are passionate, and they're going to show up regardless. There is a loyalty to the sport. So I think this is going to make it more exciting. But that, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see what happens with TCU and with Alabama. You heard uh, Nick Saban campaigning for them uh, to get into the dance despite having two losses because of the of the conference schedule. So we'll see what happens there. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. I get so annoyed because over the last few years, all we've heard is about you know Anthony Davis and LeBron can't stay healthy. Anthony Davis, they call him street clothes. Locally here in New York, we hear about how Durant and Irving, they can't get on the floor together. Not a peep out of out of the Clippers. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard never play. They never play. You could argue the, the four years they've been there, they've been almost as disappointing as the Nets. And the reason why I say almost is because they've gotten at least to a conference finals that they lost. Nets have yet to get to the conference finals. They, the furthest they've been was, you know, second round game seven against Giannis and the Bucks. The year Milwaukee won the championship. But uh, it's just, I got Kings Clippers on my screen. Kings up 14. I'm watching Kawhi and, and, and Paul George sit on the bench. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, that's how you know you're not the Lakers because Clippers, it's okay for it to happen when you play for for that team wearing that uniform. But the Lakers, are a little bit differently. 800-919-3776. Just had to get that off my chest. We go to Lewis in Brooklyn, the Bronx. Where are you calling from, Lewis? Uh, well, when I first called you, I was driving on a belt in Brooklyn. Now I'm on the West Side Highway getting ready to go back to the Bronx. You headed to the boogie down. You headed to the boogie down. Yeah, the boogie down, the boogie down. Every time I call, I get through to your show, man. I love you, man. I appreciate yeah. it, man. I get to say what I want to say. I, yeah, I appreciate I you, I want to talk about the Met and Jacob DeGrom, but I heard a couple of calls, too, and I want to just, pin, just throw a couple of little gems in on each one of them. As far as Jacob DeGrom is concerned, of course, nobody's mad at him. But the reason why the Texans Rangers, I believe, spend all that money is because, I mean, when you think about who is who is their starting pitcher, who do they have? You know what I'm saying? So they're going to spend money to get star power, whether he's an old guy or a young guy. If it's got a name, they need somebody out there. You know what I'm saying? I guess they're trying to build their team. I, mean, I didn't even know about the guys that you just talked about, too. So they, yeah, they Simeon and Corey Seager, they had signed. Right. Yep. I didn't even know about that. I didn't even know about that. So it, it makes sense for them to spend all this money because they're trying to actually build a team up. The Mets spending that money would make, make no sense because we already know Jacob DeGrom is hurt. He's not going to make it through the whole season. Um, the other thing the guy said in the last call, he said something about Alabama. I do not want to see Alabama in the Final Four. They have two losses. If you can't find a team with at least one loss or no losses, they do not. a two-loss team does not need to be in the Final Four. I'm just sorry to say that. Wait till next year when they bring it to 12 teams or whatever. But if, you, if there's teams out there that's only got one loss or no losses, they should be the Final Four. I don't care about this whole Alabama Nick Saban. I'm tired of Nick Saban and Alabama anyway. I'm tired of them. I want to see Michigan <laughs> win anyway. That's my team. Michigan, Michigan is my team anyway. That's the team I want to see win anyway. Uh, so you're so, feeling pretty good about your Wolverines not right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm then. feeling real good. Even without, even without I started running back, I'm feeling real good. The other thing I wanted to say was about the Knicks. And the thing is, I'm not a Knicks fan, I'm a Bulls fan, but 
I was saying this for a long time. Why was y'all holding on to R.J. Barrett so tight? Like, what did y'all really see? It. I didn't see anything when he was playing alongside Zion Williamson, to be honest with you, with Duke. I didn't see him like he's going to be the next superstar. I saw Zion Williamson looking like that, but he wasn't looking like that. So I don't I never understand why these things are so hard, hard pressed about not losing R.J. Barrett. I never understood it. And that's a great phone call, Lewis. Really appreciate it. Drive safely on, uh, on that West Side Highway. I, I never understood this, like, notion can't trade him for anyone. Just not trade him. He is, you know, immovable. I never understood it. Never, never understood it. Would you love to have him on your team? Obviously. He's young. He's he's liked by the the fan base. He's you know homegrown. Like yes, there there are many aspects to why you would love to keep him. I just never understood the fascination and like this allegiance to can't trade him for anyone. And so far, I've been proven correct on that. Uh, let's go to Arab in North Belmore. What's up, Arab? How you doing? Hey, man. How you doing? Arib, actually. Arib. I'm sorry about that. Arib. What's going oh, on? Oh, no. Man? It's a tough one. Tough one. Parents set me up for failure there, right? <laughs> um, How you doing? Uh, but, yeah. Um, hope you're doing well, bro. Uh, always nice to, to call and listen to you when I can. Uh, just had a, one quick Nick point and then talk about DeGrom, if you don't mind. What's up? With, with the Knicks. I feel like they have no direction. Like, this was the one year where we had an opportunity to get off, you know, some of these contracts, and we had two studs in the draft, Victor and Scoot. Let's try to take for these guys, get some draft assets, so maybe move up in the draft. So, like, that would have been a more competent approach compared to fighting for playing. I don't know what you think about that, but you got a couple of these studs in the draft. Why not take for them? Right? Yeah, and um, I (laughs) – It's hard, man, to set yourself up like that just two years removed from, you know, going to the playoffs and, and hosting a playoff series because it felt like there was a, a trajectory here and moving in a positive fashion where it was something you could build on. You had the coach, you had a guy in, in Julius Verne who had performed well and he was awful last year, but it's hard to just go into season saying tank, man. Like, that's just not good for business. I understand what you mean. I thought the play would have been going going for Donovan Mitchell and again, I'll admit I was hesitant about 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 giving up RJ in a Mitchell trade because you want to have pieces here for Mitchell when he gets here. But uh, just going back on that, you know, maybe even I got that wrong. Maybe they should have uh, been more willing to include him in a trade for for Donovan. Time will tell with that. Now with the Mets, uh, I woke up this morning to the news, threw it in my you know group chat with my friends, and then I have all the Yankee boys just hating on me and just laughing, and then I'm coming at them where. This is good. Everything DeGrom is great. One of the best, obviously, but when you look at the stats, he has less wins overall in his career than Carrasco. And any pitch that he makes, it's like you're holding your breath yes. to see what happens. Correct. I feel like it's, all right, we could use those resources, build our bullpen, get some more bats, and you know, bring up some of these pitchers. Let's see if we could get Verlander and swap them in. Just think that it opens up a lot more flexibility for the team, and it doesn't hurt us for the next you know, a few years. Like Cohen said, he wants to build something long-lasting. I think signing DeGrom could hold us back from doing that just because of the risk of the injury. And well, for him, his loyalty should always lie with his family, bro. I'll leave you yep. off on that. Not to the team. He should care about his family, himself, his future. His health is already up and down. That's where everybody's you know, loyalty should really lie. But appreciate you, bro. Keep doing you. Uh, keep moving on, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Appreciate the call, and I, I 1,000% agree with that. Look, if I'm a Met fan, I'm, I'm going to feel salty just because, like, you're losing DeGrom. It's a guy you've you've loved for years, and, and look at the resume. He's 
won back-to-back Cy Youngs, followed that up with a top-three finish in that award. He's a full-time All-Star. He's a Rookie of the Year. He had a year where he finished top-five in the MVP. So with that resume, we were looking at one of the best pitchers we've ever seen, uh, possibly you know, in, in the sport, in this uniform, one of the best. And he just, at that time, see, this is why it's so frustrating, because when he was at his absolute apex, the timeline didn't match with where this team was. They just couldn't seem to get it right. And now that we feel like they're progressing in that direction, you would love to have him at, at his A game at, at part of this roster. It just you know doesn't work out that way because of what he was asking for and the other needs that you have. If I'm a Met fan, though, I don't feel all doom and gloom because you still have a really good team that won 100 games last year. And yes, you have some holes to fill. Uh, maybe you look at uh, Justin Verlander. And, you know, going in that direction, other options I, I saw include Carlos Rodon and, and former Yankee, or not former Yankee because I guess there's still a chance that he could resign, but Jamison Tyon, who, who's been, who had been with the Yankees, he's now a free agent. So I, I guess you're lucky and fortunate that you decided to pick up Carlos Carrasco's option because that would have been another hole to fill. But the, the Mets, you go out there and you, you, you get one of these top pitchers and I think you'll be fine. Would you love to have DeGrom a part of this mix? Absolutely. Is it devastating? Of course. Be, not just because of the potential production he could have brought had he been healthy, but also because of you know the sentiment and how you know what he's meant to this organization and how you were desperately rooting for them to finally get it right because it just felt like Jacob DeGrom deserved better in this relationship, and it just didn't happen. And since then, he's been injury-prone, and now he's going to Texas where they're going to pay him a boatload of money. So I, I understand feeling conflicted. I'm not, if I'm a Met fan, I can't blame Jacob DeGrom. I can understand the emotional part of it, but once you get to the rational portion of your, your, your grief, look, they offered him a boatload of money. How could he turn that down? I'm not mad at the front office because that's just too much money. 26 starts in his last two years? Yeah, I'm good. I can't go there. would love to have him back, but I can't go there. But also recognize that the future can still be bright if the necessary moves are made. So it's not all doom and gloom. 14, I won 100 games last year. Not all doom and gloom. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 800-919-3776 on the phones where we go back right now to talk to Richard in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? Hi, Ty. You know, the, the, the Grom contract reminds me of the Robinson Cano contract. You know, you couldn't pay him that much. And, you know, it seems like signing an older guy to a long-term a pitcher, an older pitcher to a long-term contract, it's like drafting a running back in the first round. You just can't do it. It's enticing, but you just can't do it. It doesn't make sense. Uh, as far as yesterday's at Milwaukee Laker game, here's what I loved about the game. You had big three versus big three, and all of them were playing. LeBron, AD, and Westbrook combined for 87, 29 the best each game average. They played together. The best game they played together since. Right? The, and then you, you had Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday combined for 85. That's 28 uh, average each. So that's what made that exciting. You saw six stars really doing it. Now, college football. You mentioned that baseball shoots itself in the foot. The World Series is open over about three and a half weeks ago, almost a month ago. Nothing. 
Here's what college football should do. Don't change anything. This weekend was the greatest weekend, and it's been the greatest, because I'm rooting for chaos. I'm rooting for anarchy. USC lost yesterday. That'll make these guys sweat on Sunday, picking another team. Now, TCU lost. That -hmm. will make them sweat more. I'm rooting for Purdue and LSU, and that'll really throw everything upside down. So I don't care who wins, but I want to see chaos. Now, what I would do, don't increase the field. Leave it the way it is. Next week, you play your final four. You do it next week, and the week after, which will be the week before Christmas, on a Saturday night, 8 o'clock, you have your final championship game, like around December 19th, 18th, around that. And that's it. You have your Army-Navy game the following week, your All-Star games, your bowl games, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, whatever you want to do. But why wait now five weeks to have meaningful college football? It makes no sense. I don't understand it. I agree with you, Richard. It, it, it's you strike while well, it's hot. I, I'm you, always questioning that too. And hot I guess, now, college. That's I, what people guess, are talking about. I appreciate what the talk, Richard. Last I night guess was the USC Utah game. Part of it, part of it is that you know you want these guys to to get some rest and be as healthy as possible because it, it makes the game more fascinating. I, I get that, but I'm, I'm with you. Why why not just have the 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 immediate turnaround? Like these guys have been playing every week, every week all season. It's the only sport really where you get this much rest between the end of the regular season and then the biggest games of the season. It, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Mitch in East Windsor wants to talk. What's up, Mitch? Hey, Mitch. Hey, Ty. Happy holidays. How you doing? Same to you, man. What's up? Before I get to college football, I'm hoping Aaron Judge would just pick a team. I'm hoping the men sign Berlin there. I want my daughters to go after Aaron Judge. Now, on last night's uh, football game, you will see, I think, Riley made a big mistake uh, putting in Miller Moss. The hamstring, you can't run. He was at 50%. That was a big mistake. Moss was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school. I still think they should be, either USC or or Utah should be given that because the quarterback suffered a a bad injury. Would they consider that in picking the final two teams here? Either Utah or, U- or USC. US- USC was, I mean, the quarterback was at, a, was at half strength, right? Could that be a, that would be a first, right? I mean, this is listen, not happen. the way they lost this game, and I appreciate the call, Mitch, and we'll get back to your Aaron Judge point. I mean, the way they lose this game, uh, USC being up 14-3, entering that second quarter, and, and just completely falling apart because Utah outscored them 44-10 the rest of the way, that is a bad look. That is a terrible look. I don't, I don't see how you keep them in the mix, uh, but that's 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 what the intrigue part of it is, right? Like, there's really no tried and true formula because it's you know quality wins and quality losses, so it, it leaves it open to interpretation by the committee, which is why people are going to be sweating. And this has been a, a crazy weekend in, in college football with TCU going down, USC going down, and all the upsets. So it is going to be interesting to see what happens. Vince and BK wants to chop it up. What's up, Vince? Good afternoon. Can you hear me, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I want to put my emphasis right now on free agency, all right, which is what it's all about right now in sports. All right. Just got to remember that the first free agent was a black man called Kurt Flood that got banned from the league. Excuse me? Yes, of course. Yep. Yeah, all right. You know, we we uh not not to say we, but you know, this is where the free agency started came came from. All right, now right now, 
Um, you got you, you you you. This is all this all this luxury tax. This is you got too much money. You can't do this. You can't do that. Listen, you want to pay somebody something to pay them. You understand what I'm saying? This is how it is in the free world, and we I think we live in the free world. And if you want to pay somebody to do something, you pay them what you want to pay them. And I shouldn't I shouldn't have to be taxed for that. Anyhow, uh, uh, Degrom, we could let him go. Bye bye. That's all right. We'll, we'll, they'll, they'll find out in Texas what they got. Okay, and the Mets need to pick up some bats and and some extra pitching, and all of this is going going down because the uh, the, this week is the uh, the the, the, the baseball meetings, the meetings. So you can't starting uh, tomorrow. Actually, you can't, right? So you can't you can't you just can't rush everything. The baseball season just ended what two weeks ago, and now you just want to jump in and rush. The free agency, uh, because there's people out there, there's people on waivers, there's people on free agency, and you want to just jump in and everything's going to happen immediately. It's not going to happen like that, okay? You want to let these these these, these these meetings go through like they usually go through, and then things will happen between January and by February when spring training come. You'll have what you want to have, hopefully, maybe, and that's all I got to say. You chime in on that, brother. Well, Thank I you for taking my call. Appreciate the call, Vince. Yeah, I, yeah. You want to you want to exercise patience. I guess the point that I was just making was that part of the intrigue and you know everything that goes into uh, being enthusiastic about a sport is the you know twelve month nature of it, like the the off season having the splashy moves being made early and we can talk about it and, and we can digest it. And we see it a lot in the NBA. We see it a lot in, in the NFL, or it's happening more in the NFL where the trade deadline is actually becoming a thing. And I, I was just disappointed that baseball didn't give us that. As far as the, the Jacob deGrom uh, news is is concerned, I, I think it's, it's a bad move on the part of Texas. I, I don't think the, net, the, the, the Mets should be criticized. The subset of that, though, is got me thinking as a Yankee fan, uh-oh, if, if there is a team willing to go nuts and overpay for Jacob DeGrom and give him that contract. Is there one willing to do the same for, with Aaron Judge? Because per reports, the Yankees offered $300 million over eight years, which, I mean, I, why, why does this keep leaking? I, I don't, like, who's, who, who continues to leak this information? It feels weird that we're getting the numbers uh, and, and not the – like before the contract is signed. But is there going to be a team – that goes crazy and gives Judge a bigger contract? Like, if you're desperate enough to give Jacob DeGrom this, is there a team out there desperate enough to, you know, give Judge 360? Like, whatever the number is that the Yankees have decided that they won't go to, is there a team desperate enough to give them that? And we see San Francisco's in the mix. The Dodgers are in the mix. The Yankees, it appears, continue to be the favorites to, to retain Aaron Judge. But, you know, lurking is going to be that one team, right, in our minds, that one team who's, who says, you know what, let's just do it out of desperation. Let's just throw him X amount of dollars and we'll, we'll deal with the rest of it later. That's what I thought about last night seeing this. Is there going to be a team that goes crazy and Aaron Judge all of a sudden is not a New York Yankee? That would be very depressing. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.